Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of Chilling and Calm with me, Jade. And me, Joel. And welcome back for, what, the third week in a row? Yeah. Hopefully, if you guys have been listening. I don't like your intro. Oh. No, 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 no. Like, I don't mean cut it. That was your part of the conversation. Oh, alright, okay. Maybe you come up with something new, something fancy. Like, rather, I'm Jade, I'm Joy, just like, welcome to the Chilling and Killing podcast. This is Careful. a marvellous adventure of John and Jade. Something like that. Alright, okay. We'll think of one for next week. We'll come up with the next one. Well, maybe when you start writing the script as well. Thank you. Okay. Would it make sense? Let's, would, let's would, do that. Let's anyway, do that. guys, so this is the... Like we said, third episode before we were so rudely interrupted by our co-host, John. It's a cold conversation, but hey. Oh, you're so rude. God, you have the legs out there now. You're so rude. <laughs> On you go. Anyway, so this week we're taking you back in time again, obviously, to 1986 in Canada. <laughs> That's my going back in time noise. <laughs> you're, so, you're so useful. Anyway, a brutal murder would take place that would shatter the close-knit community of the Miramichi area. These heinous crimes would be the catalyst before a commencement of a seven-month reign of terror that would drop the community. This is the story of Alan Legier. Alan Legier was born on the 13th of February 1948 in Chatham Head, New Brunswick. In some of our sources, it's mentioned that he has an older brother and two older sisters, but we were unable to find kind of any information on that. And in some sources, it's mentioned that his brother was, was younger. The area Legere grew up in was described as rough and poverty-stricken. Louise Legere was a single mother, and to provide for her family, she would rent out rooms in her house to lodgers. One of these lodgers would be the father to Alan Legere, but he would leave immediately, and Alan would grow up without a dad. Louise wasn't selective about the parent partners. Partners? Partners! It's definitely partners. Maybe bringing back parents? We don't know. <laughs> Probably partners, though. She would bring back to the house. We're keeping that in. That's grand. Do we think his mum was a prostitute? Potentially. She was. She definitely was. She could. I'm not saying definitely, because I wasn't there. I wasn't one of the parents or partners. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the partners could have been parents. They, they definitely could have, but, like, I'm going to slander somebody who I've never met or don't know. She could have been. She might have just been innocently. She did die bringing, in 1995. She might just innocently be bringing guys back to her house, She's charging not. them money, <laughs> and then having sex with them. And father and Halloween's 
Have you ever seen the episode of How I Met Your Mother? The bird that's called Banging for Roof? Like uh, yeah. The sickless, the, yeah. The, sickless the innkeeper people, yeah. guy and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's definitely a possibility. Banging for Roof. Not but, Roof. Yeah, I what, think what, she was. What we can say factually is she would rent out rooms, she rented a room to a guy, that guy became Alan Laguerre's, you know, Laguerre's dad. So they must have, you know, meh heh heh heh. <laughs> so. My listeners can't see what you're doing with your hands when you do that. I a small hole and put a finger in it. <laughs> there you go. Descriptive, audio descriptive there. Oh my god. So, yeah. Yeah, so he was abandoned, like, like immediately by his dad. I would like to say that really matters, but, like, it doesn't really. Because like... you don't have a dad? Oh, wow. <laughs> what a burn on me. My, <laughs> oh, no, my heart. My heart hurts so much. It yeah. explains why I'm such a serial killer. <laughs> So we also seen a few bits and bobs about him sharing like a room with his sister. So like we said, we couldn't confirm if he had two sisters because we couldn't find anything about it. And then it said they had a younger brother, not an older brother. But the moral of the story is he used to peep on his sister when she was getting changed. That's and creepy, right? Masturbate. I don't like, want to say that. For, that was your part. You forgot that all. Oh, like, so that I, was your part. Oh, it's nice that I get to be the big closer the he was wanking. I mean, masturbating at the same time, potentially. just felt like that was a more of a you thing to say Thanks. than a me thing. So definitely a sexual deviant at a young age, or potentially. peeping Tom. Ah, yeah. I think he made that sound really, like, you know, 70s and casual, like, a peeping Tom. Oh, <laughs> is there a peeping Tom in your area? <laughs> you need to stop this accent. I'm sick <laughs> Alan had been in and out of trouble for the majority of his life and became increasingly violent throughout the years. At one point in 1979, Alan had got in trouble with the police for getting into a fight and stabbing a man in the face with a broken beer bottle and twisting it, nearly severing the man's cheek. Alan also pulled out a knife on the police when they came to arrest him for the assault. More worryingly was Alan's tendency to break into people's houses. Some people would wake up and see him towering over them. Fuck that. Okay, like, no, just absolutely not. Nah, fuck that. Out of there. Right. Others would stay fast asleep. When he was in the house, he would place clothes on top of their bed sheets. <laughs> again, like, see that? That bed. Tifa woke up and like, oh, somebody's fought my washing. That's a time saver. Aye, somebody's fought my washing. Like, that's, that's nice. Mm-hmm. He would also place items near their bed as a calling card to show that he was there during the night. Clearly, this was before phones, obviously. Or he would just took a selfie and like airdropped it to them. <laughs> Alan this year has tagged you into it as in a photo. <laughs> That's not my way, but that's exactly what I would do. <laughs> that shows not really about it's like, yeah, right, creepy bastard. Like, really, re- incredibly creepy. He was also incredibly violent as well. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, like, I can only imagine it to be like one of those movies, you know, when they smack the bottle off the side of the bar and it like takes the half off and it's all raggedy. And then he jammed <laughs> Also, I've got another story about him being, you know, a creepy bastard. Naturally. So, one time he alleged that he sneaked He alleged? He alleged. You mean he he allegedly? No, he alleged, as in he said he done it. But of course, like, when you hear the story, you'll go, sure you did. So, he alleged that he snuck in a female minister's house while she slept, cut off her underwear. And she stayed asleep? Apparently so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, oh. How do people sleep this deep? Exactly. This is why I said allege because she was either half her tits on like all the sleeping tablets or was like four or five bottles of wine deep. Or 
maybe she actually just pretended to stay asleep. Maybe that was just like her, I'll be safer if I just pretend to stay asleep kind of thing. Like maybe not to aggravate them. See, so my story was kind of funny and nice, and your story I just was like just thrown hmm. out there. All right, cool. Thanks for making John feel like a bastard. You're welcome. Thanks. On the twenty first of June, nineteen eighty six, Alan Legere was the ringleader of two men, Todd Machete, bang in name, and Scott Curtis. Not too bad. They decided they were best. Yeah, well, rude. They decided they were going to go and rob a grocery store, and that store belonged to John and Mary Glendennings. They cut the power to their property, broke in and made their way upstairs. John and Mary were about to go to bed for the night and switched off their TV when three men came crashing through their door. John was bashed in the head while Mary was pushed into the kitchen. She was tied to the chairs and... She managed to escape the poorly tied knots, but when the intruder noticed, he then gagged her and tried forcing her into a closet. It was after this that the intruders would sexually assault Mary. Meanwhile... The man who assaulted John was pressuring him for the combination for the safe. Mary then eventually volunteered to open the safe to prevent her husband from any further beatings. Two men followed Mary upstairs to where the safe was kept. When Mary went to enter the combination, she was struck twice in the back of the head. She collapsed and was unconscious for some time. Mary would eventually wake, and when she did, the house was empty. She crawled to the phone where she would call the police. They arrived to find the place covered in glass and blood dripping from the ceiling. Mary's body was covered in bruises, her right eye swollen shut, and she had a three-inch laceration that was carved below her left ear. Her nose and forehead had also been broke, and one of her lungs had collapsed. At some point amongst the chaos, she'd been raped with a blunt object. Even with such severe injuries, Mary would survive the ordeal, but Mary's husband John would not. John would be found bound and strangled to death in the master bedroom. A brown shirt had been tied around his neck so tight that it had fractured his Adam's apple. The beating he endured was so bad that it broke his nose, jaw and cheekbone. Three days later, Scott, Curtis and Alan would be found. Scott and Curtis would plead guilty and also hint that Alan was the ringleader. Legere would deny being at the crime scene and on the 22nd of January 1987, he would be found guilty of second degree murder. Wow, they literally only showed up to rob that place. Yeah, I think this shows like how you get pack mentality because they went with the simple idea that we'll rob the place, but then because Alan Legier, 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 I got it right first time. No, you didn't. Legier. I think I'm pretty sure I got it right. Oh, listen back. First time. We could, we could, but again, because he was alpha, as it's known, he was like, right, I want to do this stuff and that stuff, and I'm fine being very violent, and the other two just went wrong with it. And then probably started getting into it. Well, the other two are really young, though. They're only in their teens, like, in early 20s. That's why they would have took all the, like, their cues from him. Mm-hmm. And would have started doing stuff that wouldn't have done if he wasn't there. See if that was me. See if you suggested at any point, do you want to go and rob this store? Like, I would only be interested in getting the stuff from the store. I'd be like, John, get that trolley, get all the crisps from that aisle, and head to the Nutella. Mate, you would be the bloodiest serial killer I would ever <laughs> meet. You would chop up bodies left, right and centre. John, get the call like, from aisle 12. <laughs> I'm getting the Chris and you walk out like two of the decapitated heads going, I've had something. <laughs> well. That's what I judge you. Some people Absolutely. might agree and some people might not. I guess we'll hear some people's opinions after this Mostly airs. Mostly agree. Yeah, okay, take care now. Bye-bye then. Alan was sent to the Atlantic Institution. Upon his arrival in prison, he would turn out to be a model inmate. 
Of course, no one expected this from him, and he seemed to settle into prison life. Well, while in prison, Alan suffered from repeated ear infections. Because of this, he would be taken to the hospital several times. However, all was not as it seems. On a third visit to the hospital, Legere escaped. As it turns out, Legere had been planning his escape from the first moment he was convicted. He first decided that escaping from the prison was not possible, and that his best option would either be at the courthouse or the hospital receiving treatment. He decided the hospital would be better, so he started using a small metal object to puncture his inner ear in the hopes that it would become infected. After it was taking too long to become infected, he began using other techniques, like pouring urine in his ear. <laughs> like, you know, actual piss. Can I have a cup for this piss, please? Yeah, I just need to pour it in me. Who's got a funnel spare? The thing would be, apparently they noticed him pouring piss in his ear. You never know what you can get at the shop inside the jail. Would you not hear this? Would you not smell it? Sorry, hear the smell. Would you not, smell <laughs> would you not hear the like, smell? Would you not he- hear him, one, pouring the piss, two, hmm, guy's head always smells like piss. This, of course, is exactly what Legere wanted. He had hidden a TV arrow in his body cavity. Up his bum. In his rectum. Yes. In his bum. And this was to use as a weapon later on, and it didn't end there. Legere also made a homemade key to use on his cuffs that he hid in a cigar that he managed to convince the guards that he could take with him. Why the fuck do inmates have cigars? Uh, he, he has a TV up his bum. <laughs> a handmade, like, it's a fucking, like, MacGyver. Oh, if you just don't mind, I'll just take my cigars to the hospital, right. you know. Honestly, unbelievable. With all the pieces in place and with all the scouting he was able to do during his previous visits, he was set to escape. And at 10.40am on May 3rd, 1989, Legere put his plan into action. He tricked the guard into letting him into the bathroom cubicle alone. Once inside, he opened the door, asked the guard for some toilet paper. There, he picked the locks on his handcuffs. He then used the TV antenna, no doubt took it out his bum, <laughs> that he had concealed in his body, i.e. took out his arse, as a weapon. Can you imagine someone coming at you? With You'll get shit, pink eye! <laughs> with a shit-covered antenna, like, to hold you back. Yeah. Then he fled the building with his shit aerial and his cigar. <laughs> he was probably lighting as he was gone. And the key that he took out of it. Like, it just seems like a MacGyver episode. I've never watched MacGyver. You need to watch MacGyver. It seems like a MacGyver episode. Mm. So once he got out there, he hijacked the car in the parking lot, taking the driver, Peggy Olive, in a terrifying raid before letting her out of the car unharmed. Why do they have cigars in prisons? Obviously to celebrate his escape from prison. <laughs> Clearly, that's what it was. Like, how else are you gonna walk away with a like the hospital blown up behind him as he smokes his cigar? Like that bit in um, Ah Shit the Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joker like, walks away. That is honestly unbelievable. And then apparently, so he did get checked before leaving the hospital. Like, you know, when you have to start like sit and squat and cough. I, I can imagine he had his cigar in his mouth at the time. And they're like, what's that? That's just my aerial. I like to keep up. <laughs> I like to keep it there in case one of the other guys take it. <laughs> yeah, I like to keep my aerial up there now. Get some good stations. <laughs> I don't want my cellmate watching that programme without me. <laughs> oh, he's up there. Spiked. We watch that together. Uh, <laughs> you don't skip ahead. But again, it does seem so like MacGyver. It's quite ingenious, like how he's managed to put all this together. And you're sitting there going, all huh. right, so... I don't think I would like to escape from prison if it took me shoving a TV arrow up my arse. No, I wouldn't. One was also really funny. This isn't the first time he's like undone his handcuffs 
in the presence of police. He's done it before, but nobody decided to tell the prison officers that he was pretty good at getting out of handcuffs. Wow. Yeah, stupid, right? Yeah, just ridiculous. Alan returned to the area of Miramichi, as this gave him the best chance of surviving, as he knew the area well. The game of cat and mouse would go on for nearly eight months. Three weeks later, there was an attack on the owners of the Flam's grocery store. The main suspect was Ligia. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Some sisters locked up the shop as usual. Nina's apartment was upstairs and Annie's house at the side of the store. Nina heard footsteps coming up the stairs. When she got up to check, a man bust through her door. Nina was tied up, beaten and sexually assaulted before her assailant put her back into her bed, tucking the sheets tightly around her. He ransacked her room and set fire to it before leaving. Nina had managed to untie herself and free herself from the sheets before staggering through the flames and down the stairs before she collapsed. Her sister-in-law Annie wouldn't survive the attack. Annie had been beaten by Legere and suffered the same sexual assault that Nina had endured. The forensic officers concluded that Nina had been beaten to death and didn't die in the fire. After her horrendous ordeal, Nina was able to give the description of the assailant and positively identified Alan Legere. It would be five more months before the police would witness Legere's crimes again, on the 13th of the 10th, 1989. A driver passing the house of Donahue's sisters noticed a fire and called the fire department. The acting fire marshal concluded that the first fire had been set in Linda's room and had burned for one to two hours. Another fire set in Donna's closet had burned for perhaps 15 minutes and may have gone out by itself. There was evidence that the lock was pulled off the doors of the building. 
Donna Donahue's body was found tucked in her bed and Linda Donahue's body was found on the floor in Donna's bedroom. There was evidence that Legere spent several hours torturing these two women. The autopsy disclosed that Linda had suffered puncture holes or knife wounds, that both her jaws were broken and that she'd been partly strangled. She also had bruises on her neck and one eye had hemorrhaged. Although Linda's lungs contained 23% carbon monoxide, this itself would not have caused her death. Semen stains were found on both bodies and swabs were taken and sent for DNA analysis. What I find initially amazing about this is how long he's able to survive in the woods himself. I want to know what he's eating. Like bugs, I'm assuming, animals, hunting. He's also stealing a lot though, like we've not really brought that up, but like these are yeah. the big crimes we've picked on, like there's a lot of other smaller crimes yeah, he's doing. Yeah, handbreaking into yeah, like, houses and things like that. Stealing food, well. stealing items, stuff like that. And like he's lived in this area all his life, so he's probably naturally picked up some like woodman skills. Yeah, probably, but just no, I'm not feeling it. But this chat. No, just the whole living in the woods. Oh right, cool. Before <laughs> you talk about this chat, like, oh fuck, fuck you then. Rude. <laughs> How dare you? What, what I don't get is like, see the army. They've got people called like rangers, army rangers, who are trained for like survival in the wilderness and stuff like that, and very good at tracking. Why do they not just say, hey, can we get a few of your guys to go in, have a wee look around and find him? I imagine it would be quite a hard thing to pull, like, pull out, though. All they need is like, maybe about five guys. I know, but like, it's not guaranteeing they'll find them, you know? I'm just saying, it doesn't seem like they've done that, did that at all. It seems they've left it constantly in the hands of like a small-time sheriff's department. But it doesn't seem like at any point they've really brought in... like. The big guns, like any of the federal or national agencies they have. The big guns. Like, in Canada they have the Mountain Police. They don't seem to have brought them in. I think they did. I'm sure they set a train for them, but that seems to be it. Legere wouldn't escape the area so easily this time. On the 28th of the 10th, 89, Constable Thompson was on his trail. With the help of his dog, he began chasing a suspicious man down a train line. The dog was hot on his scent, as it looked like the chase for Legere was finally over. However, Legere wasn't going to be taken down so easily. Under, unknown to the constable, Legere had dropped the house and was now armed. A shot was fired in the dark and the constable ducked, and in a second shot fired from the darkness, the constable threw himself on the floor for safety. When the constable got back up on his feet, Legere had vanished. Can you imagine being in the woods yourself, chasing a man who has a gun, who's already killed five people? Four people at this point, but I wouldn't even go into the woods with you. Exactly. Like, to fair, he did have a dog, and dogs are, like, man's best friend. Yeah, I still Everybody's wouldn't. best friend. I wouldn't go into the woods with that. Of course, it's like a horror story setting, right? Yeah. Like, going in the woods at night, because you heard a strange sound, the dog starts going off his tits. You're chasing somebody. Then he hears a loud bang in the dark. And then another one. That's the start of a horror movie. I don't think it's the exact start, but yeah, absolutely. Oh, like, like... I wouldn't go in the woods with Thor, because Thor would be like, um, you you go in first, I'll wait here. For the, in the, like, the patrol car. He would not. With the radio on. Just... Thor <laughs> is a shitbag. <laughs> like, he's just like, uh, I'll, I'll just wait out here, you when you check. I'll, I'll check it safe, and then I'll do it. went that way. Like, so you go that way and I'll sit here. And I'll wait stay for here. Up. You know, like Scooby Doo. Uh, just like Scooby Doo. Like, I'll just, I'll just wait here. Um, uh, yeah. You guys solve that and then I'll be back. Later. Don't get shot. I still need pedigree. Exactly. <laughs> Two months after the murders of the Donahue sisters, 
Legere had emerged from the forest hide with the intentions of committing murder. His next victim would be Jane Smith, a Roman Catholic priest. Legere gained access to his rectory. What's a rectory? A house attached to a church or cathedral. Or so just a house? A house. I don't Why think they pay taxes. I don't think they pay taxes on it. I think they try and differentiate it from a house so they don't As need a rectory? Yes. Yeah, so and how do we do that? I don't think we do How do we get that? I don't think we do Can you just become a priest? No, you need to be ordained by the church or How some do we church. get that done? Up by the internet and get ordained by the internet. You could get ordained to be a minister, but not a priest. It's a fucking joke. I know. Anyway, I've lost my place now. No, that's okay. The rectory. There we go. There you go, the rectory. (laughs) The rectory. We've no doubt the intentions of robbing him. However, he had no issue with launching a sickening and brutal attack on the priest. The priest had died after being brutally assaulted by Legere. There was blood all around the house, but more in the kitchen and the office. There were bloody fruit pits. Footprints? Footprint. Footprints? Footprints. Throughout the property. Or the rectory, sorry. Yeah, rectory. Because it's a religious place. It wasn't until the morning after Jane Smith didn't turn up to his morning service that his parishioners went to find him and stumbled upon (laughs) the gruesome screen. Just like John stumbled over that word, they stumbled upon the gruesome screen. I can't believe we've struggled with all the names, but you can say parishioners. I can can not. Large words are fine. The way people pronounce their stupid, weird last names is the problem. Legier. That's French. I don't know any French. How it pronounces it? A silent G. That's just stupid. It's Legere. Oh, See, for me, there's a strange thing about this in that it didn't set the place on fire, so that would make me believe that he was probably disturbed at the scene. Well, yeah, so apparently... Um... I don't know if this is like the night kind of service. I don't know if you have night services because I'm not religious. So let's just go with an evening service, maybe. I um, never turns up to that one. I don't think anyone thought too much of it at that point. But when they did turn up, someone actually called um, the priest, Mr. Smith, James. Mm, James Either Smith. they're all the same person anyway. Um, actually called him, and Legere actually picked up the phone and just said wrong number. <laughs> ah, so that would so definitely stop. Which is what I do with people phone yeah. me as well. Yeah, but that's if, like, Jade, it's your mum. Wrong number. Wrong number. Sorry, so, mum. Yeah. Oh, she doesn't have Spotify. Yeah. It's fine. You've got a text. Text me. Yeah. <laughs> like, who phones in this age and day? This age and day. Like, this age and day. <laughs> Even this day and age. Like, this day and age, yeah. So that's exactly, word for word, what I said. Maybe in the wrong order, but that's what I said. Yeah. He clearly must scout out the area first. I think he targets. knows the area as well enough, though. Because, like, yes, he, he must, because there's, like, oh, the occasional chance of finding somebody who's vulnerable and easy to attack, but the fact that all his victims, and the, the fact that his crimes spread out over such a period, clearly he's targeted these people. Mm-hmm. But the police couldn't find a motive to why these people. So I'm assuming it's just they were vulnerable. Not in a horrible way, but easy money. Yeah, I suppose. Like, older people with businesses... Apart from obviously the priest, but all the people, businesses, safes, cash, like grocery stores, kind of money held at the property, stuff like that, I would imagine. Ironically, you've said that they're more likely to have guns and other properties in America. The gun sales did Boom. go up after this. Facts. Well, and they like, clearly didn't use their guns, did they? Because they're dead. In like North America, if you have like an owner of a business and are older, you're more likely on a gun than if you're younger and don't own a business. Well, after Elysia was terrorising the residents of. Miramichi, 
area. That's what I just said, the area of Miramichi. Sound like you just said Miramichi. I said the area of Miramichi. Anyway, I'm, I'm, again, we'll listen back. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I like the fact that I've not been allowed to say Miramichi. Because, yeah, you know, I keep, I keep going with a slant for it. Miramichi. It sounds sexy. Um, <laughs> so because he was obviously in that area, like, terrorising it for quite some time, they start like, so the gun sales would, went up in that area. And also they started installing, like, um, streetlights around their houses that they called leisure lights. So they thought that if their house was kind of surrounded with a the light, they wouldn't they wouldn't go near it. They seem to think he's the boogeyman. He may be the boogeyman. He's definitely not the boogeyman. He, like, I'm going to tell my kids he was the boogeyman. Don't like, go to sleep or Legere will get you. <laughs> Legere is watching. <laughs> Legere is always watching. He's not magic. The priest's car was found to be missing, and this was the lead the police were looking for. The car was tracked to a motel and contained a pair of bloody boots. They matched the footprints found at the rectory. The police were now once again hot on Legere's trail. A week later, Legere hijacked a taxi at gunpoint in an attempt to escape the area. He demanded the driver go faster and the driver lost control of the car. Shocker. Like, it was winter. It was icy. What was he expecting? I don't, like... Honestly. Clearly, he's an idiot. Anyway... Alan held the driver at gunpoint and made him flag down another car. He took both people hostage. The trio, see because you've wrote this part, you make it sound like a family road trip. I definitely don't. There's guns involved and people getting held yeah, hostage. Yeah, no, but you just like the trio. What kind of family road trips did you have? I had a hard childhood. Well, well there was guns and hostages. <laughs> a story a for later. <laughs> I had a hard childhood. Uh, sure, sure. Anyway, the trio then drove to a nearby gas station to fill up the tank. Oh, as Alan got out to fill up the car, he took the keys from the car with him and locked the doors. As Legere was playing, was paying. <laughs> paying. As uh, yeah, as he was paying, like why was he paying? Like, I don't know. You've got two people in hostage in the back of your car, and you go like, well, they go pay for the gas. You just be cool. Surely, surely you go like, right, don't kill. talk to strangers. <laughs> <laughs> like, surely you're like, right, kill. Let's drive away. We'll no pain. Well, maybe because that would have like. Brought a lot of attention. And the, the two guys at the back of the window scratch out the window, like with signs that say, Help, I'm a hostage, get me out. I don't think they had signs. Mm. But also, there's a second part of this. So the driver got his spare set of keys and drove off. Drove off. Who has a spare set of keys Majority in your car? Of people. Right. Maybe Why? not in their key. Maybe he actually had them on his person. Right. That's, that, makes a, that makes a lot more sense. Because when I first read this off, it just seemed like they have them in the car when you're like, if you locked out your car, that just means there's two sets of keys stuck in the car. Maybe he just had them on his person. Hmm. But as soon as they're far enough away and safe, they called the police. Which, well... From a phone box, those existed back in the 80s. Gen- you generally blown my mind. I had no idea. I, I, I pictured that they flagged some old person's house or somebody's house and going, we need to use your phone. I forgot phone boxes or a thing. Legere was finally captured by police when he was trying to hijack a truck to escape. As we surround him, Legere gave up without a fight. There is some evidence that Legere was kicked in the face as he was resting in the rest. Oh I no. Would've, I would have done it. <laughs> oh, what a shame. He kicked, well, the horror of that. Although I don't believe in police brutality. Uh, obviously you don't. <laughs> this, this is how again, I don't believe in police brutality, but I believe like, I have an exception <laughs> to the rule. Brutality? Brutality? Uh, keep going. Oh, thanks, Jude. <laughs> and but what was funny? Like they then used that to retrieve the DNA because they were like, "Oh, sorry, you kicked in the face. Don't know how that happened. Here's a tissue to wipe the blood up." And then he's like, "Right, 
Thanks. And like, haha, DNA evidence. Smart. Don't you? Okay. Legere was immediately returned to prison to serve out the rest of his time for their original crimes. On October 1991, he would be tried and convicted of four counts of first degree murder. It only took the jury three hours of deliberation to find him guilty on all accounts. There was also another interesting point in the trial that it was the first time in Canadian history where the entire prosecution was based entirely on forensic and DNA evidence. This was due to Legere destroying more conventional evidence by burning down the crime scene and attacking in the middle of the night, eliminating any eyewitness accounts. So this ends the story of Alan Legere. He's currently 72 and is in a maximum security prison serving 30 years without parole and will very likely die in the prison. Hopefully. I'd say hopefully, I but I don't think there's a chance he could escape again. And mm. even if he did escape, would he know anything about the world outside? Absolutely not. What I find quite interesting is, see, because Canada doesn't really have life sentences, mm-hmm. he's only in prison for 38 years. But, like, in America, that would have been either the death sentence or life imprisonment. I hope he gets done. <laughs> I suppose, like, yeah, that, that that would make... <laughs> uh, like that classy, nice, nice way. I hope he gets done. <laughs> I hope he gets shanked. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm a bit big fan of getting shanked. In fact, he, like, he attacked older women, beat them to death, and sex sold them. I wonder if he's in his special protection unit. Skanks do get shanked. He is a skank. So you if you're hearing shanked. this, Mr. Alan Legere, at any point, you be a skank, son. Also, please don't Oosh. come for us. <laughs> nah, I think he could take you your 72 now. I don't know. Bitch. so yeah guys um, thanks again for listening to this week's episode I hope you enjoyed it yes I'm going to stick with enjoy feels like the right word no I've never doubted that it's the fact that every time you say enjoy you go enjoy should we say enjoy I know I know I know but like I mean it's not like hopefully it's not too heavy for you all Um, so yeah you guys know the drill like subscribe please like our insta chilling and killing podcast we need that love do you want to, I think we should start doing? Tell we should start doing a, like how many times it took us to do this. So currently we're at a hundred odd takes to get all this done. And for those who can't understand John because of his pronunciation, that was about a hundred takes ish, give or take. Ironically, just wait, jump in. A hundred takes, give or ish. One hundred takes. takes. <laughs> okay, well, take care, guys. See you next week. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.